Let's spread a song so you can sing along with a special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John. With me today is a brand new guest. They're the host of that old gay classic cinema podcast. It's Christian Garcia, everyone. John, thank you so much for having me on today. I am so prepped for this for this film that we're going to be covering today. Oh yeah. I'm so ready. I mean, you watched it, and that's really yes. all I ask my guests. <laughs> yes. And it was uh, a trip, let me tell you. <laughs> well, so today we're here to talk about Sweet Charity from 1969. Now, before we get started, Christian and I are doing a crossover event. And so if you want to get like the full scope of what we think about this movie, you have to head on over to their podcast and hear us talk more about you know, Shirley MacLaine and uh, everyone else in this movie and all the guest stars and maybe Bob Fosse. Who knows what we talked maybe about not. in that. <laughs> uh, but Sweet Charity, uh, like I said, came out in 1969. The screenplay is by Peter Stone. Uh, music by Cy Coleman. Lyrics by Dorothy Fields. Directed by Bob Fosse. And according to IMDb, Taxi Dancer Charity continues to have faith that's capitalized by the way despite endless disappointments at its hand uh at its hands and hope that's also capitalized uh that she will finally meet the man to romance her away from her sleazy life maybe just maybe handsome oscar will be the one to do it now have you seen this movie before never no so, so I would like to also reiterate, I picked this because, you know, Christian actually came to me and was like, let's let's do a thing. And I was like, let's make it a crossover thing. Let's do Sweet Charity. Because I love Rich Man's Frug, the dance that's at the club with everyone else. And they're, they're, it's pure dancing. Um, and I can guarantee you've seen that before in another movie. I feel like I have. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're, we're not talking about the dance that the three girls do in the on the rooftop, are we? No, no, no. This is the one in the club where um, people are smoking. Ben Vereen shows up at the end. Um, there, yeah, is really like the only lyric in the whole song. Oh, it's in it's in the middle of uh, of yeah. the film, and it's like it, the the whole hall is in black and white, and it just feels kind of mm-hmm. out of place. I feel like I've seen that in another film. But I can't quite place which one. So, mm-hmm. so have you ever seen a little movie called Bring It On? Bits and pieces. <laughs> the montage of Bring It On when they're trying to figure out, create their own routine. They do watch part of Sweet Charity and get the, 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 you know, the little little motion. Yeah, little choreography. So you have seen some of this movie. Some. <laughs> like, it's not all. I've seen, I've seen clips. Like Not 10 seconds movie. of this whole movie. So <laughs> so what did you think of this movie then? Is your first time viewing? It was my first time viewing it. Um, it was a roller coaster of emotions. Right off the bat, we are thrown into our musical number, which I was not expecting. 
But again, musicals, you have to it's have musicals. somewhere yeah. in there. And why not let one why not let it be in the opening number after you see the credits, which I do miss. I miss having opening credits in films. I I did write like during the overture that they don't make movies like this anymore. And I'm not sure if I like that or didn't like that. This movie is two and a half hours long. It is. With the intern, but there's an intermission intermission built in. With Shield McLean in a blue backdrop of, I don't know what they were trying to do, but it, it, it was a thing. They did it. And (laughs) it was, it, it was, it was wild. It was so, also so 1960s that I'm like, that too. <laughs> that when they, when, uh, when she talks about money and everything, I'm like, this is like nothing in today's world. Like, I have to remember, oh, right, we're in a different time period, John. You're, we're watching a 60s movie where $400, I mean, is a lot of money, but like it was a lot more back it then. It was four hundred and twenty-seven. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like saying four hundred dollars now doesn't seem it doesn't <laughs> seem like that much. No, compared to nineteen sixty-nine. Yeah, it was very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so you've never seen the stage version, I'm assuming, since you've never seen anything of Sweet I wasn't Charity. alive when the stage performance was running. There was a there was a revival like when? A few, like mm, early mid 2010s oh. early 2010s with uh Maybe. Christina Applegate playing Charity. Maybe I did hear about it and I just you know threw it to the this wayside. Is, that I is remember. that's the that's the the show that um she broke her leg falling off a stage the stage. Whoa. And then they made fun of it at the Tonys that year. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> wow, Kristen, I'm in, I'm introducing you a whole. You are a whole new thing. You are. <laughs> so okay, right off the bat, then what did besides uh, the being th- thrust into the world of a musical? Thrust what did into you the world of song? It was just, it was very interesting, this whole film. I was just taken on a roller coaster and I wasn't, and I wasn't sure what I was going to get off. It was just, it, it was just emotion after emotion after emotion and then song after song after song after song. And I was just very enthralled and very in questioning some pieces. Yeah. I never knew that Ricardo Montalban was in this film. I I didn't know that. Uh, West Side Story's very first. Anita was in this film. Cheetah Rivera. Mm-hmm. Um, she reminds me a little bit of Anita in this film, but that's just that's just me. <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr.'s in this movie. I his musical number. I wasn't sure what that was supposed to be. I seemed very like the Whiz to me, and I was like, wait, but that hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be. Like Timothy Leary, uh, is is the the rhythm of life church and I'm using. I love the beat. I love. I didn't know that Sammy Davis could sing like that. I I I need to I need to brush up on my history. I'm sorry. (laughs) I should have done more homework. I would just watch. Well, this. Well, so I mean, whether you like this movie or not, it sounds like you're at least intrigued to find out more about the filmographies of other people and to like look further into other things so this movie did a good job then if it got it you did. interested it did 
Um, but I've seen the stage version. I saw the one with Christina Applegate. Yeah. Uh, that's how I know about it. But I, I don't really remember a lot of it. So <laughs> watching this movie, uh, I think I don't think I've actually seen the move the full film. I will mm-hmm. say that I've uh, like I said, I've seen I watch Rich Man's Frug at least once a month on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Spender, the one that's in the the club where all the ladies yes. are in a line and everything. I've I've watched that before because I've seen that elsewhere. And mm-hmm. that's a pretty, pretty bit well known song in the theater community. Um, but like. Like I said, I don't remember this. So watching this and realizing it's all about like relationships are hard, <laughs> especially if you're thrown off a a, a bridge in the, in the first two minutes of the movie. But then even like the finding the person that you probably wouldn't go for. So I'm talking about Oscar in this case yes. for Charity oh, and Oscar. Them starting to date. Where he seems like the right person, but I don't know how you felt. I know I was like, I'm waiting for this other shoe to drop because I feel like it would be too easy for her to get married to this guy. I don't know what I don't I didn't fully understand until I just had to take it all in. And I said, why? What was the reason for spoilers? Why? Why he decided not oh, this to marry mo- this her? Movie and is... I was like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. because he saw a tattoo of another person's name. Is that why? Is that really why he thought she would be so distrustful and so dishonest? <laughs> well, I I think it's also because he, although he said earlier that she's so she works in this. She's a dancer. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a strip club, but there's no stripping. There's no like, stripping. It's just dancing and cigarettes and mm-hmm. and, and then being talk. Gr- and... But like the women are groped by men. Yes. Let's be real here. It's, Let's be real. It's a gross thing. Um, it, but it's also very chaste because yeah. they're fully clothed. They're just talking. There might they. The way that they talk about this job, and it's hard for us to people who are younger, not around at this time period. So looking at it, I'm like, okay, so do they sleep with their clients? Do they give them like a handy in the back room or something? I don't know what's going on, but it's, but that's what this job sounds like. Uh, Did, do you feel that way too? I mean, I wasn't sure what to think. Because these girls are all lined up, they're singing Big Spender, and then these men come up and they point to one of these girls, and I'm like, "What's gonna happen? What's going?" On? Yeah, yeah, like Pokemon, I choose you. Like, <laughs> basically, like, are they choosing their own Pokemon? What's going on here? I know. I at the end of, at the um in the middle of the film, we see that there's like this big. I I I probably didn't notice it in the in the opening. But there's this um, kind of jail-like sign, and it says, "Oh, it's like for for a dollar fifty, or no, for for six dollars, you get uh, a half hour or something." With one of the girls, I'm not sure how much it was, how much the amount was that you had to pay to get like a half hour with these girls. I don't know what what it was, but you see this 
voluptuous Sally uh, Mae West wannabe lookalike character in the booth thing. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> but it, but the She's way that dancing, like, girl, can I be on your level? What's going on here? So, so to kind of go back to a point you were making uh, about Oscar, yes, like obviously he finds out the truth about Charity because Charity kind of lies to him. <laughs> well, not. She does, but she doesn't because she doesn't correct him. But she also, like, plays into the lie a little bit. And so she finally comes clean and says, I work at this dance hall or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or no, he says that you work at the dance hall. And he says, I'm fine with it. And so we all think... think he'd be perfectly fine, but then... I I think what happened is that he finally got to understand what that means. Mm-hmm. So, saying you're okay with one thing and actually be and actually seeing the world and being okay with it are mm-hmm. two different concepts. And so, I think once he finally saw it, was like, "Oh shit!" Like, this is the world. I mean, I think she was just gonna leave it, <laughs> but I like she was too, <laughs> right? But like in his mind, he might be thinking like, "Oh, she's from this world." This is what she's expecting. She's a little, she's a little rough around the edges and not a a lady or whatever. And I think that's what causes him to freak out. And at the end, when he breaks it off and says, "I would destroy you," I'm like, "How? How, How? would you destroy her?" <laughs> he basically told her when you were hiding from the police that that she broke your fear of claustrophobia. What else is there to to fear, or what's going on? Here? Yes. And when they go to the Rhythm of Life and meet Sammy Davis Jr. and have the banger oh, song and boy. everything, I was just like, you are clearly dirty hippies, but I guess you're not pot-smoking hippies, or you I are? I thought this was a cult when I first saw this. I was like, what's what's this? What's going I on mean... here? Because it seems very cultish, even though it is the, it's almost the 70s and it's almost the flower child age. And it looks like they're... It maybe did it did the flower people start yes. in the late sixties? I forget. Late sixties counterculture happened right around 67, 67. Oh, okay, so that makes sense. I mean, I love the outfits. I love <laughs> <laughs> <the> free flowing, <laughs> free flowing. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but I, I mean the it. It's just interesting to see that, like, this one person, obviously, she can't catch a break because of her job. But, like, that shouldn't be that important because that's just what you do for a living. It's not Mm -hmm. your whole persona. Yeah. Hold on. Let me say that again, but louder for the back of the audience. What you do for a living is not your whole persona. It's a job. You get paid for it. The end. Those are for the cheap seats in the back who couldn't uh-huh. hear it. You couldn't understand <laughs> what I was saying. Oh my God. But some of the songs in here too, I felt like were still relatable no matter what mm-hmm. time period it is. Like uh, if my friends could see me now. Oh boy. <laughs> that was a musical number. I that was to think of that. But it reminded me a lot of Lucille Ball. And I think that's kind of where Shirley gets her inspiration from. Mm. 
Um, it, it reminds me of her because you look at Shirley and she's not afraid to look funny or look like she's making a fool of herself because she's just having the time of her life, it looks like. It seems. I don't know. But it looks like she's really having a ball doing now one they, of the physical numbers that she wants that she's asked to do. And now that you say that, the closet scene where she exhales a cigarette smoke into and then puts it in the, the garment bag. bag is something I feel like Lucy would have done in that in like this yes. movie. <laughs> Uh, that makes so much sense now. And then she hides it in, in like in a hanger. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, That's but, very reminiscent of Lucy. That's what she would do. <laughs> but I, I was saying that like I feel like that if my friends could see me now, I feel like everyone has this story where they meet oh. up with somebody and it's like guilty. Nobody's gonna believe me. <laughs> nobody's going to believe me when I say what what happens. And then when she does tell them, they don't believe her. They're just I like, mean, oh. Granted, <laughs> they never, it, it's established that her friends never believe her stories. Because oh. when she, when the opening happens and she gets pushed into, um, I'm assuming that's Bethesda Fountain. I, I, I'm, a, I'm just assuming we're in Central Park because we are. Yes. it's a massive park, yeah by the must it must be like the lake by the fountain or something like that um when she gets pushed into that and almost drowns and then tells her friends everyone's like yeah sure whatever <laughs> and i'm like like sure jan yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen to jan jan is right this time this one time <laughs> but um yeah and then i also felt that uh there's got to be something better than this is like I wrote down, is this the real idea of the, quote, American dream? Mm. No matter what the situation is, you could be, I feel like, uh, I feel like this is like the idea that a lot of people have when they graduate high school mm-hmm. when they're like, I'm going to go to college and we're going to do this. We're going to be great. Or I'm going to go into the workforce, fuck college and life is going to be better. It's a, that song is like a grass is always greener situation that oh. anyone can relate to. I can see that. I didn't even ask. Are you actually a fan of musicals? I mean, the oh, I am. <laughs> okay, because you I sound am. very surprised that it was like musical numbers. <laughs> no, I just, it, I just, I just hit because I, I do love musicals. I just don't watch them as often as I should. And now, and I'm I mean, a gay, and I should be watching them as often as I should, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> would this be one that you would rewatch? How about that? Yes. No, I mean, if I was forced to rewatch it, then yes, I would. <laughs> oh, come on! I thought I know. I know we talked about. So we talked before um, getting this. Uh, you can't really find this movie online. You I can't. don't know why. So I bought it off of Amazon. I have the mm-hmm. DVD of it. I'm happy to keep it in my collection. Did you actually buy it, or did I you? Did. Rent it? Yes, so I now you it off of Amazon. Now, now it's in my DVD collection. <laughs> that I so own. now you're going to rewatch yeah. it yes. just for funsies. Just for funsies. <laughs> I don't believe you. You're lying to me. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, what other thoughts did you have during this? I mean, this is not a typical musical that I'm related to that I'm that I'm most common to like I love musicals like Singing in the Rain, Meet Me in St. Louis, The Wizard of Oz, films, films that actually 
this one has a plot, but it's sort of lost in some place. <laughs> well, so, I mean, she's, like I said, it's just that shows that dating is hard and dating yes. in, especially dating in New York is hard. I hard it would hit me when I was watching this film. And I was like, maybe, maybe that's why I haven't seen it because it's a musical that actually speaks to me. <laughs> yeah, it's also, it's also a Bob Fo- like a Bob Fosse staple which oh yes he he seems to be attracted to a lot of like grounded in reality yeah. or making some sort of massive commentary musicals I mean you seen cabaret yeah. it's making the same oh yes I have <laughs> I have seen cabaret I <laughs> it's wild uh <laughs> But so, so then you understand like the Fosse style then, like when you watch the Frug and you watched uh, Shirley MacLaine dance. And I, what's interesting though, is when they dance and there's gotta be something better than this, it felt, it, it did. And it didn't feel like Fosse's style. It felt like a, like he was experimenting with that one dance. It felt a little bit like America from West Side. I think it's because they ruffled their that, skirts a lot. Yes. You know, La La Land also takes that little bit from that scene somewhere in the crowd when they're dancing in the yes. street. They take they take that element from there and that's, you know. Well, La La Land stole from everything, so. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> paid homage to everything. Paid homage. We're not going to say stole. No, they they stole. Um, <laughs> but no, you are right. When when I was watching Is There Something Better Than This, um, I felt like, with those three girls, I felt like I was re-watching America in my side story. The way that they were dancing, I, I saw, I, I thought I saw um they kind of recreate like the ending choreography from America when they were just clasping their hands and putting their heads back and just like going full out it just but at the same time watching that scene it also just reminded me of how classic it looks and how effervescently easy they these musicals tend to make dancing scenes when it's really not (laughs) like uh if my friends could see me now i was like i could do this choreo yes but i don't think i really could because you have to think about Uh the the mechanics behind it the 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 turn of the head at the right moment you know and like uh and that was that's especially like thought that uh what fossey style is it's like anything can be made into choreography mm-hmm. um like in cabaret i know uh no uh chicago even though it's not his choreography that they do they paid homage to that in the movie yeah. so blinking on the beat is <laughs> very it's something um but let's talk about the show for a hot second because you know try to try to inform everyone about things especially when it when it's based off of a a stage version so the movie came out like i said in 69 the show had its uh broadway premiere on january 29th 1966 and it closed in july 15th 1967 so a year and a half which is a very long it's a long time especially for that um we we didn't have 
there wasn't cats and phantom yet with their decades long uh run um but the original production won best choreography uh at the 1966 tonys uh it was nominated for everything gwen verdon was actually charity in this um yeah so i don't know what the story is like why she didn't why she wasn't in the movie i think shirley mcclain may have been a bigger name for the masses they they probably wanted to do a my fair lady thing and they just wanted a bigger name for the picture (laughs) i mean they did that a lot doing this podcast and realizing you know like julie andrews was the original and nowadays we know julie andrews but like at the time she wasn't that big of a name (laughs) but yeah and then like i said it was revived oh it was revived in 2005 i lied to you (laughs) maybe that's why i didn't realize hey 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 i i I was close i was close (laughs) uh so it it revived in 2005 it seems like it's that type of show that just goes away and comes back because like i said i mean it's set in a time period i feel like they can you might be able to update it but it it wouldn't change that much of like the story i mean if they wanted to update it to i guess maybe make it more modern they could if they wanted to I mean, so so this actually the show is actually based off of a Fellini film, a 1957 black and white film called Knights of Cabria. I'm assuming I'm saying that title oh. right. Uh, where in that the charity character, her name is Cabria, um, is Cabria. A, you don't hear that name that often. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's Italian. That's why. Ah, she's a prostitute. So I feel like they, so in the 57 film, she was a prostitute for Broadway slash this movie. They change her to a dance for hire as Wikipedia calls it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I feel like if you want to do a modern, maybe a stripper. Yeah, I could see that. They could maybe make it like a burlesque type of thing. Ooh, like a Dita Von Teese kind of a character. Ooh. Ooh, I'm here for that. I'm here for a Dita Von Teese look yeah for charity I have to say though the in uh, in the revival I'll never forget they actually have the elevator moment where they I don't know how they did it but they block the stage to make a little rectangle like an elevator and oh. they're stuck on there and it was so well done <laughs> can we talk about that elevator scene though Come <laughs> Yeah. The the meat cute, if you will. The meat cute stuck in an elevator. The guy has claustrophobia and he's running around just looking yeah. for an exit, calling for help, and nothing's working. I mean, I do have to say though, and the, then he I, the the idea of an Oscar is I think what everyone wants. He's a nice guy, a nice person. And he's sweet and he's understanding and, you know, he's got some issues. Who doesn't? <laughs> but like, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that, it's not that bad. Could be worse. Could be worse. But uh, yeah, when he turns, I'm just like, I knew, like, I knew it was going to happen, especially since she was like, I need to tell him the truth and you know, it's coming. 
just not that hard. <laughs> and I forget, it was there that she just says it says it in passing that she works as as the as a dancer in a dance hall. And then it it just So she goes to say she goes to tell him, listen, I work as a dancer in this dance hall, and he's the one who actually finishes her sentence. She says, I have to tell you about my real job. And he says that you're a dancer in a dance hall, kind of as a throwaway, because she As if, you know, he knew this all along. <laughs> well, he he knew it, but like she then kept going and going and didn't catch it and then had to be like, wait, what? Uh-huh. So I kind of want to go back though to Vittorio. Is I think that's he pronounced his name. I'm not a Ita- I'm not Italian. So we're gonna Americanize it. Hey yo. Um after she realizes Charlie, the first guy is not for yes. her, Charlie, who she has the tattoo of, yes. um, she runs into a movie star, Vittorio something. And I was wondering, when they go to the club and we get to the Richmond's Frug and everything, do they think they're on a date? She might think she's on a date because she's never been anywhere that, as she calls it, fancy. Right. And to the untrained eye, it looks very fancy. And to me, it looks very. When I was watching it, I saw all the ruffled shirts, and I'm just like, did I just step into Austin Powers? What's well, going on here? It's, it's also 1968, yes. 69. So you have that to. Re- too, the ruffled shirts were a big thing. They back were a big thing. Yes. So you're right saying Austin Powers, but <laughs> Austin Powers in his time. Yes. Exactly. Not, not in the nineties. It felt like I stepped into London. I'm like, where these girls have these short little mini skirts on. I'm like, but they oh, how, that that's the that's the mod dress. Yes, the mod dress. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've seen that look before. I know where mod. that's. <laughs> it's all my like you get you get a lot of different wardrobe in this yes. you, you get the mod look you got what you talked about with the hippies with the f- free flowing mm-hmm. um they're mm-hmm. way too those hippies are too clean but i mean it's a mute you know how clean they looked i was like they don't look to be hippies. they look too they look, they look too, too clean um you mm-hmm. get you, what blew my mind in which song was it I'm a brass band, which is also another one that's relatable in a way. The sentiment of it, you know, like, oh my God, I'm in love. This is love. I Even the ridiculousness of of it can seem a little... Well, I think that's just the elation. It's supposed to... I think this is a a fantasy sequence because where is this marching band coming from but where did they come from all these handsome men going just walking next to her going but what's what blew my mind is like how they filmed it because it's filmed in new york yes at busy areas Mm -hmm. they're at lincoln center Mm -hmm. they're downtown they're everywhere and i'm like how did you get it so quiet I'm sure Bob Fosse paid them off somehow, some way. Well, so get it to be silent. It made me random. It made me think of another movie I've done in the podcast. I've we I did the film version of Godspell. Uh, we covered it on here, mm-hmm. and in that, it's also filmed in New York, and mm-hmm. there's like nobody, like, and they are all they are. I mean, 
they're also in Lincoln Center. They're also in other places. But I'm just like, how do you guys actually get this to not have the one random pedestrian walk by? Like, they must have had barricades, must have had poor... Uh, well, they probably didn't have PAs doing this, but they must have had like the crew people who are not actively like watching, like holding a camera to <laughs> make a human chain and be like, do not cross. Do not cr- <laughs> There's also one moment at a subway stop and I'm like, oh, I mean, this isn't, this has to be real too. <laughs> this can't be, I don't think this, I don't think they had money or time to build a subway station. <laughs> True. I mean, unless they just, you know, it they just they they thought it would look better if it was if it looked like a sound stage. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> they probably went the problem the money probably went to figure out how to do the elevator. Because when when the elevator was also in the void, that was very well done. That looked really cool. Yeah. And, that. and mm-hmm. then and then the rest of it went to Cheetah's paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tita Rivera. She's so good in this. Tita a- Rivera. And I have to say, what was what was her other friend's name? And who was the actress? Because she rocked my world. So it's amazing. Uh Paula Kelly played Helene. Yes. Like who her. is the other one? Paula Kelly is um let me see. She's a Broadway actress. She's done other TV and films. Sweet Charity is actually the first movie she's she did. Wow. Yeah. Um, she's done other ones. Uh, unfortunately, she passed away in 2020. Uh, oh. Actually, right before the pandemic. So. Oh wow. But she also let's see. Let me see what other. I'm trying to see if she was in the stage version of this because maybe that's how she got in. But I don't. I'm not seeing that. Oh, she was the assistant choreographer on a uh, for television specials, including Sammy and Friends, which starred Sammy Davis Jr. Maybe that's oh, if that is how Sammy Davis Jr. got into this movie, that'll be amazing. That'll be good to know. (laughs) I love the dynamic of. Uh, Helene, Nikki, and Charity. Like, they actually seemed like really close friends. Like, they balance each other out where Charity is in her head's in the clouds. Cheetah's a little, like, um, let me use her character name. Helene, no, Nikki's a little more grounded, and Helene is, like, very strong-willed, it feels like. It's like you get these, like, they're like the co-workers that you would want to have. And roommates? Question. And roommates? Are they roommates? There's that one. I don't. I don't think it's When there's that one scene after the date that Charity had with Oscar, that they go to an apartment because every Mm -hmm. other time we see the women, they're at they're in the the dressing room of whatever the club is called. Mm -hmm. So I don't. I don't. I'm gonna go with roommates. Let's call them roommates. Let's Why call not? them roommates. <laughs> and they were roommates. <laughs> and they... <laughs> um, but I also saw that for the movie, they actually wrote two new songs. They, uh, My Personal Property, the first one that you... Oh, yes. Yeah. That we were thrust into. <laughs> that we were thrust into. That... Hmm. 
You that, look like you have some things to say. The listeners, if you don't know, John looks like he has a lot of things to say about my personal property. John, take it away. It's not necessarily about the song. It's about what happens in it where... Well, actually, it is also about the song. So she's sit- talking about Charlie, the first man and that yeah. we're introduced to. And that's the love of her life. But it turns out that she has to pay for everything. She, for whatever reason, took, like, cleaned out her bank account to give it to him. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, I I. I know that this is a, a trope. I've seen we've seen this before in movies where one per a, one person in the relationship is doting over the other person. Meanwhile, the one that is the other person is just taking everything and not even saying thank you. Charlie has zero lines. He doesn't even take his fucking sunglasses off, which <laughs> I actually appreciate because it makes him more of like an every man situation. It makes that, him... And it's very suspicious. <laughs> Do you yes. even have eyes? Do you even have a soul? <laughs> we we understand he's a terrible human being, but then like yes. after this after the song, when she gets pushed in the river and nobody helps her immediately, nobody. I was like, I know New like, Yorkers. Mind your own business. <laughs> so. I live in New and, York. And that you couple live. that's just biking down the road, they're like, oh, look, Hank, someone just broke, just just dived into the lake. Oh, no, don't look that way, honey. Let's go the other way. Go. So I live in New York. You live in New York, right? Yes. So we have this reputation of having of having that kind of a thing where, yes, I know I I know I've turned a blind eye on, on some people. Yeah. Uh, but like I feel like if somebody's in the lake and calling for help uh-huh. i don't i don't think i'd be like let's ignore them let's actively ignore them i'd be like those i feel like it, they were what like soccer players or something who ran into the I water and finally they saved her like some sort of professional athlete people. they had jerseys on that's all i remember but i was like thank god somebody actually jumped in so that <laughs> so those are my feelings about that song um and the other song that was written is it's it's a nice face, which is the one that is sung in the elevator. In the elevator when he passes out, which is just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly didn't really pay this movie. I, I, I think that was when I kind of dozed off for like a minute. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. This movie is two like two and a half hours long, so I gave it as much as I could, <laughs> but. It also feels like John McMartin, who played Oscar, I don't think he's a singer. I think he was in the Broadway production and he was the only person who revived his role. He was he was the, the role of Oscar in, in the Broadway production and he was the what? only who came back as one of the Broadway stars from the show. Oh my God, you're right. And, I, and oh. But it's so weird because the song Sweet Charity, he is not singing it. Or he's at least not singing it. Or at he's least, just... or at least he's not singing like he's not filmed singing it. I don't think that was his voice. Maybe I... they did a maybe they did a Marnie Nixon and they got a ghost person to sing for. <laughs> but he's but he's a Broadway. He's sung it. He sings it in the sh- like that's a song in the show. Maybe it was 
tired. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing, though, because, okay, so that song and Where Am I Going, the last song of the number of the show, of the movie. Oh, that one broke me. Mm, that one was, but that one was like, you understand after the breakup, you have to go through this mourning period yes. to then see where you're going. But those two songs were the only, were like, not really sung in universe in the Mm -hmm. world of the story like we break reality multiple times with charities uh daydreams uh i'm a brass band and um other things like that and then we have big uh, i think big spender is also supposed to be breaking reality but then like there's got to be something better than this and if my friends could see me now are in the universe where am i going and the song sweet charity are just background noise like i think it's for us the audience and i'm like why <laughs> there is a song that oscar does have uh with charity it's called i'm the bravest individual and that's in the show and that, this one i do remember it's supposed to it's set in the elevator and it's supposed to be like him picking himself up and talking him out of everything. I'm a little disappointed that they cut it because it's it's a fun song. It's one that you're like, oh, OK, I guess I need to pick myself up and get over this bout of depression or something. I mean, that wasn't in the it wasn't in the movie. It was cut. OK, I was movie. like, wait, where are <laughs> Sorry, much. I don't know if you listen to my podcast. I like to bounce around a lot, so follow the tra- follow the train. <laughs> oh, I'll follow your yellow brick road. I'll just, I'll yeah. just go wherever you <laughs> lead. <laughs> um, but so for this for the movie, they uh they cut a couple songs. They cut from that were in the show. Yeah. There's I'm the bravest individual. There's a song called Too Many Tomorrows that Vittorio sings. Ricardo Montalban he sings the song. Well in the show his character character. would sing um so i'm looking i'm looking at like the song list in the show and where am i going is not the last song the last song of the show is i love to cry at weddings that which because i i feel like it's still and it has to still end hold on let me oh yeah so okay so i love to cry at weddings is the last song and then they do break up, but it's done. I, I guess it's like a swell of music happens and then curtain. Oh. Um, I don't know. I kind of like we get the we get her reaction. Yes. In the movie of like, what do I do now? Like, I thought this was it. He was it. He was supposed to be it. Well, speaking of that, can we go back to that whole surprise scene? Um, <laughs> that was dumb, <laughs> but I, I loved it. I loved it, and I loved I loved Shirley's comedy in this film. It's She's just great. It, it, I mean, I love Shirley as a, as an actress. I mean, I feel like this is like <laughs> maybe this would be how your version of Weezer, if anyone in the world has seen Steel Magnolia. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. She's, she's, they, uh, uh, but Christian, did you uh, have anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Oh, I know. No, we could. I know. We. I flew all over the place. 
But like we kind of we, we discussed the the highlights and and we cut the fat like this movie should have. All right, let's get into Strap and Flash, shall we? Yes, we shall. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp, and if we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. What do you want to start with? I don't know. It's like pick and choose your favorite children. It's like, All right, you know what? Let's. You know- Let's end on a high note. Okay. More puns. Let's okay. start More... with. Let's start with flats. Okay. Um, What's yours? I'd I'd love to hear yours. I only have two, really. Well, technically three. I'm gonna add one now. <laughs> um, my first flat is people calling Charity a girl. Like she's a woman. Come on. There's. It's a little. It seems a little infantilizing. It seems a little demeaning. I know that it was a phrase and still is a phrase, but Charity's clearly late 20s, mid to late 20s in this movie. She's not a girl. <laughs> She's a woman. Call her a fucking woman. Um, she works in a dance hall with yeah, she a actually, elderly gentleman, mind you. She's not a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yes, for fuck's sake. Um, I also am flatting. I, okay, so I know that this was a big... This happened a lot in cinema at the time. So, but this is 2023 and we're talking about it. I'm flatting the montages of the still pictures, the still images. I don't know. I just felt like it added time. We could have cut it. We didn't need it. Some of them we didn't need, or we didn't need all of all of the pictures. And then my other flat is the is the, the is the runtime. It's two and a half hours. I mean, you I feel like there are moments we could have cut just like, or trimmed, not, not fully cut, just like trim around things or pick, pick the pace up a little bit. You know, what about you? What are your flats? So are you not a fan of the, of the stars born? The Judy version? The Judy version. Are you not a fan of those montages of pictures? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember them. I just remember the highlights. Oh, darn. Forcing me to rewatch the Judy Garland version of A Star Is Born. Yeah, I think I'm I might so need upset. to be asked on to do that episode. That if you're gonna if you're gonna rewatch that, then we're gonna do an episode on that. <laughs> it's just it just felt it just took me out. Those I montages. I mean, it was interesting. It, it felt to me like a certain time capsule. If you no, oh, yeah, yeah. I I like I said, I understand it was. A, a big thing it's kind of, i don't know what we can equate it to in film today but i know that it was a, a passage of time and everything but i was just like i don't need this <laughs> not today i do agree with you on the runtime though this movie was two and a half hours long they could i do agree with you that they could have cut yeah, I mean, I I get it. The show is probably two and a half hours, two hours and forty five minutes, with the intermission built didn't into need it. Didn't to make everything. the film that long, did they? Right. No, there could there could have been things. I feel like they probably could have cut out ten minutes of this movie. Yeah, really, it still would be a lengthy film. But like, I also understand that there's a that there were intermissions at the time built into movies. There are other things. But like it's two people also watching this in the digital age where things need to be fast. Like we're streaming. There's instant videos. There's there's YouTube. There's this. There's that. There's TikTok where uh, there were where you've got three minute videos and everything. So like we're used to things being shorter. So having a two and a half hour movie 
though enjoy though it was enjoyable i did enjoy it i will i will rewatch this movie not under duress like you will but uh i think there was just some things that we could have cut but what were you what other flats did you have or did, was, that, was that it just the runtime it was just the runtime and i think that was it everything else yeah that was it just the runtime nice all right let's get into sharps then yes um my first sharp is for rich man's frug i can't i cannot not sharp it i had to i had to sharp it i love it i said like i said i watch it at least once a month on youtube (laughs) you can watch and like there is the whole scene from like her entering the club and everything with the who is it's like I watched the whole sequence, not just the dance. Not just the dance. Um, I also sharp Shirley MacLaine's comedic timing in the closet. I know she's funny, but that one was really like I was, I was really engaged. I was really laughing. It was like you said, she was being silly, and she wasn't afraid to be silly. Um, and it was also a Lucille Ball moment, which I gravitate towards. Um. I also sharp the choreography, uh, and I'm also sharpening Bob Fosse's ability to m- marry the camera with his with his choreography. So I wrote that when it was if my friends could see me now, and I'm a big proponent of seeing the choreography that these actors and dancers worked hard on to learn and to perfect and everything. And I really hate it in movies when you don't see it. Like, I get it, you know, you're paying attention to the person who's singing and everything, but, like, there's a whole slew of, like, there there have been musical movements and scenes in other movies that, like, there's a whole slew of an ensemble doing intricate choreography, and you're focused on this one person, and you're seeing, like, arm wave in the background or something like that. I want to see the whole dance. So... um, I've said this before and on other uh, episodes with Fosse, but... I love the the marriage of his camera work and the choreography. It's a true collaborative effort. Um, I also, this is so, this is going to be so stupid and silly, but for me, I loved it. I'm sharpening the match cut and there's got to be something better than this where it's like the three women are in the club and they're the, the rest of their fellow dancers are in the line and then the, it, cuts to them being on the roof in the same spots like that uh cinema love it your cinema and then my last sharp is for sammy davis jr like like you said christian such a surprise i didn't know that i also didn't know that he could sing like that i know him more of like the crooner you know you stole my sharp damn you you're we're allowed to have the same sharps people come on here and they say that i'm like it's okay. <laughs> Obviously, we're gonna I like it. Sharps. I wasn't sure that I was gonna. I wasn't sure what I was getting into when you told me that we were gonna watch this film. I'm like, okay, let me buy it. Let me watch it. And then when I watched the Rhythm of Life, I wasn't sure what was happening. But at the same time, it's like Sammy Davis Jr. can just sing me to sleep. Just. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a big production like... number. I think that was filmed underneath in the parking garage of. Lincoln Center. <laughs> now wow. that I think about it, I think oh. I don't quote me on that. Next, I'm going to have to take a trip over there and see if that was real. 
If not, then that was some, that was probably at like Silver Cup Studios or some, whatever it was called at the time, you know, some studio in Astoria with all the lights on and everything. Uh, any other sharps? Any other sharps? Yes. Give me two seconds. If my friends could see me now, I do have to agree with you on that one. That that was a sharp for me. I just love Shirley's acting ability and her choreography. I wasn't sure what was happening. And I was like, okay, this is a very I wish song, which is something that musicals tended to do a lot of the times. But they didn't really come into terms with that until The Wizard of Oz was formed. And then the I wish song. I think this was her I wish song. And then yeah. all three women have there got to be something better than this. That's all three of them. That's their trio of I wish songs, which, you know. Well, that one's more like an I want rather than I, I wish. want. Not I wish. Yeah. Because th- th- when, they're, when they're singing about the jobs that they want, mm-hmm. which is still relatable to this day, because, you know, like I said, we we all have that one pipe dream of like, Maybe I will start that OnlyFans, but you know, <laughs> but it's <Yes>, maybe <laughs> it it's it's just such a great number, and I mean Cheetah's dancing, and that's all we really want. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Oh yes, I would. Yes, I would. I was debating to actually download the soundtrack too because it's just some of these numbers I just. I would definitely put the rhythm of life as number one on my playlist. That's something that I'd put in the shower and just see if I could. And then number two, is there something, there's gotta be something better than this is number two. And then if my friends could see me now, and I do have to say that I do love, I love to cry at weddings. That felt to me, it reminded me a lot of my fair lady in the, okay. to the church scene or get me to the church on time. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of. It reminded me of that scene in a, in a, in a universe. <laughs> um, I wrote down big spender, rich man's frug. There's got to be something better than this and the rhythm of life. But yeah. I think I might add, where am I going? Ah, cause we all have the sads. <laughs> We all have, yes. We all have. I agree. Um, But on that note, Christian, we did it. We're done with the episode. Hey, what do you have to plug or promote? Uh, Well, since you promoted my podcast at that Obey Classic Cinema, we also have an Instagram at that Obey Classic Cinema on Instagram. My personal one is bookaholic underscore 221 because I'm such a bookworm. I'm getting... I pre-ordered last night the new John Stamos memoir that's coming out tomorrow which should be coming in tomorrow so yeah but that'll that'll be this is like coming out yes later so you you probably would have read it or by the time this episode premieres yes (laughs) yes by the time this episode comes out I will I will probably have read it and listened to the audiobook probably twice by now (laughs) Wow. Is John Stamos reading the audiobook? I hope yes, I already pre-ordered it. You oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. What else do you have? Uh, any other? Well, oh, uh, if you guys listen to the podcast, Ivory Tower Boiler Room, I will be, I am, I am, uh, we are, 
re-watching the show Smash starting from season one. We just recorded our first episode. And by the time that you listen to this episode, we will already have released hopefully episode two of the show. So feel free to go over to that uh, podcast and listen to that. Our my rewatch uh, show on that. So there's there's that. Is, do they have what? Are, what are their socials? The Ivy Tower Boiler Room. It is um, at Ivy Tower Boiler Room on Instagram and Gmail as well. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, oh, you know what? Okay, so I usually ask people questions at the end of this. So oh. if you were in a production of Sweet Charity, I'd love Ooh. to hear about it. Who did you play? What? What number did you dance in? Did, was there a mishap during your performance? Let me know. I'd love to hear it. Uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. I'm not really on Twitter. I'm still on it, but I, I have the handle. I, I'm not really on it. Um, uh, do you know why the song Sweet Charity sounds weird, even though it is the it, it is him singing it? And he sang it on stage eight times a week, <laughs> way back when. <laughs> uh, and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, well, we're going to be talking about Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. It's a two-part episode, everyone, just a heads up, because <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a lot to talk about with that one. But Kristen, thank you so much for your inaugural episode. I'm sorry if this was, I, I hope this wasn't a painful one. There are are other ones that I could have picked that if you listen to the podcast, you know, I sometimes do a bad and pick the wrong thing. I think this one was fine in terms of the picking abilities. But yeah, um, we'll have you come back on and you pick next time. How's that? Oh, sounds that sounds heavenly. Well, everyone, thank you for listening and bye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.